0: self-care. I'm holding on to this self-care with every ounce of me. (laughs) Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey guys, Alex here. I hope you all are doing well and are having a fantastic Sunday. I wanted to share with you one of my absolute favorite episodes from last season. I sat down with yoga teacher Dana Falsetti to discuss self-awareness, social activism, body image, and so much more. Hey girl. Hey girl. (laughs) So, so good to have you, Dana, on the show. I am thrilled, excited, everything. How are you? I'm so
1: great. And I'm so excited to talk to you because I feel like we've known each other for a while, but we've never really had a chance to really talk. So I'm so stoked.
0: Yes, I feel the same way. So without further ado, I'm really familiar with with you and your story um, from what you've shared on social media and the side conversations that we've had. But for the listeners who may not be familiar with you, can you please let us know a little more about you and what you do?
1: Yeah. So I am, well, a few years ago, it started with teaching yoga and this was right out of college for me. And yoga was something that in the beginning did so much to change my life. And obviously that's a whole story in itself. And it it was something that I felt very drawn to share. And so I started traveling and teaching and with that social media and everything kind of took off and, you know, through my personal practice and also through sharing yoga, I have come to learn so many lessons. And so with that, everything has sort of shifted. So lately, I've kind of I mean, I'm still teaching yoga, but I've shifted to more speaking engagements. And I'm trying to talk to kids and talking about sexuality and body image, you know, social justice, marginalized bodies, all of these things. So definitely this bigger message of being sort of, you know, very self aware as a starting point, And mm-hmm. then from there, sort of fostering that awareness everywhere else in your life.
0: That Is wonderful. I, you know, first discovered you, I believe it may have been through Rachel, who's a dear friend of mine. And your yoga really captured me, but not only that, your voice and the things that you were speaking about and really owning your truth and not being ashamed by any part of your story. So with that being said, how did yoga come into your life initially and in what form has it given you this sense of fulfillment, but not only in the yoga world, world, but being able to venture out and start really talking about you know, social activism, all bodies are capable of doing yoga, sexuality, eating disorders, like you've touched on so much of it. Was yoga the core start of you finding your voice or had you always kind of dabbled with speaking out about those things that are important to you?
1: Not yeah, not at all. I mean, yoga was really the start for me. I mean, before my yoga practice, I really was very much hiding sort of in every way. I was really ashamed to be in the body that I was in and I was struggling my whole life to navigate that and always trying to change my body and thinking that that was going to sort of be the medium that was going to change other things in my life. And Mm -hmm. I, I struggled with that from, you know, probably age nine or 10 all the way up through when I started practicing, which was my sophomore year of college. So probably 20 years old and, when I started practicing yoga, I mean, I brought, it was, I guess the first time that I noticed all of my negative self-talk and the narrative that I had going on in my head, because when you start practicing, it's really just this mirror into yourself. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm practicing, I'm like shit talking myself and, and I'm recognizing that I'm beating myself down and I didn't know how to work through that, but the practice worked through it for me. Right. So it just, and that's the other thing that's amazing about yoga and that I will always love about it is that it really does meet you where you are and sort of gives you exactly what you need. And that's going to be different for everyone. So for me, I i really needed strength. You know, mm-hmm. I just never believed that I was strong or could be strong or was capable or worthy or deserving of a lot of the same things that I saw other people doing. And it came a lot from my body and the way that I was experiencing my life and never being represented and never being visible. And anytime that I was, it was in a negative way. And that all really fed into the narrative that I created for myself. So I was just sort of living in this bubble of hiding who I was and hiding my gifts and putting so many fronts on because I always felt like I had to you know, be something else to fit into every scenario. So I was such a shapeshifter, right? Like every person I would interact with, I was a little bit different Hmm. because I really had no concept of who I was like at all. Because not only was I not feeling worthy, I had essentially no sense of identity because I didn't feed that at all because I felt unworthy. Right. So when I started practicing, it was really building physical strength in my body that was so monumental for me because it started to show me that all of these things physically right like being able to do arm balances or inversions or even just being downward facing dog and be really really comfortable those things started to come as i continued to practice and they were all of these things that i told myself a hundred percent that I wasn't ever going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. So essentially these little moments of proving myself wrong, like proving the narrative that I had going in my head to be false, started to shift the narrative. And then with that, I started feeling like, okay, I am a little more capable than I thought. I am stronger than I thought. What are all of these other things in my life that I've not been doing or that I do love or that I am or whatever it is right. that I haven't been feeding. Right. And I started feeding those and, and the thing is, you know, and this is like, it, it's, it's a whole other section of this conversation in, in just in terms of intellectual thought, like higher thought. And as I've gotten to this place where I feel secure in who I am as a person, and I feel that my basic needs as, you know, understanding myself have been met. It's like, now I have all of this space for higher thought whereas before that space wasn't even there. So through my practice, coming home to who I am, figuring out who I am, what I love, what I want, those were the doors that sort of opened up the, the bigger message and gave me the confidence to share them as well. And not even just the confidence, but you know, I started posting around the internet and realizing that I felt so isolated my whole life in the way that I felt mm-hmm. only to find out that every single person yep. <laughs> um, feels the same way. Yep. And so then that motivated me. I was like, oh my gosh. So that means that now that I've realized this, I can use this to not only help myself, but help other people. So as I've sort of expanded my mind past this place of just trying to fit into society and I've let go of that and I'm using my brain for higher thought and for intellectual thought and critical thought that's where all of these other messages about you know social justice marginalized bodies all of these things sexuality have come from giving myself the space Mm -hmm. for critical thinking
0: yeah and I really like how you said coming home to yourself like I I absolutely love that because so often we feel like If we make this certain transition, like we're never going to be able to arrive back to who we were or to our truest self. So with that being said, aside from yoga, did you notice any shifts in your life, in your relationships, be it with men or women, be it platonic or romantic, be it with family? Did you notice things really start to shift for you and your interactions
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, so much, (laughs) so much has changed. It's, it's almost, I mean, it's wild, you know, with my family. Absolutely. I've been able to speak up and address things that have sort of been these dark clouds, you know, over my head, me and my mom or me and my dad or whatever it is. And, Mm -hmm. and being able to speak up for myself, right. Is just a huge thing that has come over the last few years and feeling confident in addressing the things that I have problems with and not backing down and letting them become these big, huge monsters. So that has shifted my family life in multiple directions. With men, that's a whole other conversation. I mean, I went through years, this phase of just, you know, I had no respect for myself, no respect for my body. I was looking for external validation in all of the wrong places and trying to get it from men, only to feel unworthy, of course, after the fact. and, And that fleeting moment of validation is not real, but I didn't know where to find it. So you know, I started practicing yoga, and I stopped completely. I was like, no men, no sex, no nothing, until I sort of figure myself out. And now my relationship with men has changed, and my sex life has changed, and my relationship to my body has changed. And yes, my relationship with my friends have have changed. You know, people who have not been truly serving me. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, being a people pleaser my whole life uh, as a way to deflect. Meant that I had a lot of people in my life who weren't really. There was no balance. Yeah. Just giving and giving and giving and needing to, you know, come away from that a little bit. So absolutely, I mean, in changing this relationship with myself and especially with my body, because that was such an identifier for me, that has really given me the voice and the understanding of what I need to to sh- be able to shift those relationships in my life.
0: Man, that man, that is absolutely everything because I I found my voice with writing. And the more open I could be with myself and my truth, the more open I could be with those around me, specifically when it came to my family life, because I felt silenced for so long, even though I was always raised to kind of, quote unquote, feel like I had a voice. But that there was this undertone of like, you really don't have a voice. So I really appreciate you sharing that and being able to address that through your yoga practice because at the end of the day, we are our own boss. I feel like we are our own validators. And oftentimes, specifically with young girls, it is really Mm -hmm. hard to hone in on that identifier, on that voice. So,
1: I I mean, and, and women are, I mean, girl, young, being a girl is so hard. I mean, it's just so hard. It's so hard. And, And then if you're any degree away from this ideal that gets painted, you know, this blonde, thin, white girl that's just everywhere you look, you're any degree away from that, whether you're black, whether you're brown, whether you're fat, whether you're whatever, all of a sudden it's this whole new, it's this whole other ballpark where you really just don't know how to fit in and you feel like you need external validation. And sex is portrayed as, you know, it's all about about men's pleasure. What can I do for you? Right. So then that turns into this whole, I mean, of course, you know, I mean, it just makes so much sense that that happens to so many people and and it's something that you know I dealt with for so long and I've been very vocal about now that I'm sort of on the other side of it and mm-hmm. I'm so passionate about getting to girls sort of before it gets to that point because Uh, It really chips away at you as as much as you feel in the moment like it's going to feed you. It actually just chips away at your worth a little bit more every single time.
0: Yeah. And I mean, for me personally, and a lot of people who know my story know this, like I had my daughter when I was 18 and I was definitely looking for love in all the wrong places, i.e. daddy issues, all this other validation that i wanted from outside sources that i could not find within myself and when i talk to young girls i'm always i'm always telling them find your worth within yourself it doesn't have to be Via a man, via a partner, via a parent, because at the end of the day, we live with ourselves. Right. And we have to live with our choices. And I just wish I had someone when I was young saying the things that you're saying, that I'm saying, that a bunch of other amazing women that I interact with are saying, because I feel like it could have saved the younger version of myself from going through as much trauma and heartache and unsatisfaction that I went through or dissatisfaction that I went through. So I I want to touch on social media a bit because being a girl is hard. Being a young girl is hard. But being a young girl with this Instagram phenomenon is even harder. So how do you teach your young girls, your students, be it they're old or young or what have you, To find their worth outside of social media, because that shit is hard, specifically for the younger ones, because they're being, you know, molded. But then when we get up in age, right, you know, above 25 or above 21, then we're doing all this comparison like, oh, her life looks wonderful. You know, they're doing all this traveling. Am I being left behind? You know, social media gives all of this anxiety. So Mm -hmm. how do you teach your students and yourself? How do you check yourself when those things come into play? Because, you know, I know that everyone has dealt with it, you know, at one point or the other. Yeah.
1: The ultimate FOMO, right? I mean, it's so funny. (laughs) It's so funny because back, well, before I started, posting on Instagram for yoga and it sort of ended up being this career. Right. I was so not into social media. I mean, I I so often would deactivate my personal Facebook for months because I was recognizing how much it was impacting me, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'd pull up my newsfeed and I'm scrolling and I'm seeing all these things and then I feel a different kind of way when I log off. Like I'm mad at someone or I'm jealous about something or Mm -hmm. like just these feelings that aren't even like, they don't even have to be real because things on the internet are just this facade. Yeah not all of it, but a lot lot of it it is. And (laughs) most of it is. And it is so hard because, you know, I speak in high schools and stuff and these, the girls, they feel so strongly that that is so real, Mm -hmm. you know, they, and they feel so strongly that that's what they need to live up to. You know, I mean, it's like the, it's like the Kylie Kardashian Instagram of like, of like high schoolers, you know? And so then I try to tell them that, you don't have to change your body, and you don't have to do any of these things, and like they, they don't believe me. You right. know, <laughs> they they're don't like, want to believe me. You are not
0: telling the truth. <laughs> you're
1: not telling the truth because they see it everywhere, and it's so hard to rise above that. And I think that the the real thing that is challenging, and I try to just bring a little bit of awareness to to this point, is that when you're young you don't have self-awareness. Like mm. you don't know who you are yet. And so you're being molded, molded. Mm-hmm. Um, into somebody who is not necessarily who you actually are meant to be. Right. And and I feel like just by bringing that to the top of the conversation, especially when I talk to kids, it kind of makes them pause and think because they understand from having teachers and their parents and all of these things that you it's so easy to sort of become... I don't know, just this, this version of yourself that you are really not. Yeah. Um, Outside influences
0: are real.
1: Absolutely. And whether it's coming from your parents or a teacher or a friend or an account that you follow, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. all, you know, it puts, it shifts the narrative, right? I mean, it shifts the narrative, the story that you're telling yourself. So it really is. That's why self-awareness is so important to me. And I really feel like self-awareness is sort of the root of everything like everything moves from there so I try to instill that and exactly what you said about finding your worth from something that's within yourself and recognizing that no matter how many times you try to find it externally that will always be fleeting that's as transient as your body or as you know anything else that is external and then you know for myself it's sort of like the the hardest thing about social media probably is, is, is the wide variety of, of comments, right? It's like the wide variety of the way that people respond to things. And it's been so interesting to me because it's helped me though, to understand that just like my yoga practice, right? People meet you where they're at and, no matter what i do no matter what i say everybody is going to take it differently because you're meeting me with your you know however many years of experience you've been alive and you're seeing this post and you're going to take it for the way you want to take it what you want to see and so i try not to attach either way and that's the other thing that that i think comes with time and self-awareness and self-worth is is remaining in this place of neutrality mm-hmm. where i'm not to me, I am not an inspiration. Just like to me, I am not a fat whale. I am not, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm just myself Mm -hmm. and I'm just putting myself out there. I'm sharing my thoughts. I share vulnerably in the same way that you do with writing and just sort of sharing my experiences and putting them out there. And I recognize that everybody is going to respond differently. So as much as I try not to internalize negative things that people have to say about me. I try not to internalize positive things that people have to say about me because just as much as I don't need to victimize myself, I also don't need to inflate my ego. I Mm -hmm. just need to be myself and be in this neutral place of knowing who I am. And that is really the security in this time of like everything being online and so much social media interaction, this concept of... Neutrality and knowing who you are is so important to not being pulled in every direction by what is going on around you.
0: I'm super happy that you've tuned into the podcast. Whether you're new here or a seasoned supporter, I want to stay connected. You can find me on the gram at Alex underscore L. And if you want something new to read, my new book, Neon Soul, is in stores now. In the meantime, make sure you rate and review on iTunes. And if you love the show, make sure you share with a friend. Do you still have moments of vulnerability when you share certain things? Because, you know, I feel like a lot of people are still shocked by you. Like... Yeah. Oh, my gosh, she's doing this. And mainly because and we're going to talk about this, too, because you went on this rant a few weeks ago. And I just knew that I wanted to talk about this on the show just about how yoga is represented. You know, there's it's just a white, skinny white girl thing. Right. And that is not the root of yoga. So when people see you, how do you not take on just the shock value like people are so stunned that a woman in a larger body is doing yoga like it's impossible and it's just I I don't know how how do you shake that ignorance how do you shake that ignorance?
1: you know it's funny because I and it's something that I've identified so much you know in the beginning when everything got popular I was literally a circus freak I mean I was like it was like, oh, fat girl in, in a forearm balance. This is just a am- Like, look at this. Right, like, right. Know? And it's like, you're just this spectacle. And and it really is. I mean, even, you know, just now an hour ago, I was practicing live, right? And it's like nobody, nothing about me being in a warrior two is impressive. But then as soon as I do an arm balance, it's like, wait, what's going on? Like, right. it's so, this, this like narrative that we have about fat bodies and like what people are capable of and, and what belongs to who is just so incredibly false. And it gets perpetuated so hard. I mean, anytime anything gets corporatized and anytime anything turns trendy like yoga has over the past few years, Mm -hmm. it's all about capitalism, which Mm -hmm. means it's all about elitism, which means that everything gets morphed back into this ideal person that I was seeing on the cover of magazines my whole life. And so that's what yoga is right now. You have to have the right yoga pants. I mean, look at Aloe Yoga. I mean, I call them out all the time. You (laughs) have to have the right yoga pants. You have to be able to bend yourself backwards in half and also be a size two. Like, I mean, it's literally insane. It's ridiculous. And I can't tell you how many people come to me and are like, I truly didn't believe that I could practice Mm -hmm. until I saw this photo of you because I never see people who look like you practicing. And it just makes me insane and breaks my heart because the, and the thing that, the thing that pisses me off about it more than anything is the fact that yoga is supposed to be he- it's this healing safe space for yourself. Right. And people do not, you know, I mean, yes, there are people who come to the practice physic you know just for the physicality, just for the fitness aspect and I I think that or I hope that over time that that shifts. Mm-hmm. And I get that that's what brings people to the practice because we have egos and we're also visual and you know, it all makes a lot of sense to me. But Yoga people come to yoga from trauma. Right. You know, people come to yoga to heal darkness that is existing within themselves. And so this painting of yoga being, you know, butterflies and rainbows, handstands on the beach is just It's a detriment to what it is meant to do and the purpose that it's supposed to serve in the same way that I go on my public Facebook page and I'm trying to post something about what's been going on the last few days in the world. And it's like, Oh, stick to yoga, stick to yoga. I just want to see namaste. I hope you have peace in your heart. And I'm like, spirituality and the yoga practice are not a cop-out. Right. Um. You, you don't get to use... I mean, that's privilege right in itself. You're literally showing your elitism, the fact that you've co-opted spirituality as a concept and are now using it to avoid things. Like, the, humanity right. and social justice is mind-boggling to me. Yoga is about action yeah. and is about knowing yourself and is about doing no harm and all of these things. It is not a pretty backbend. It's
0: not about... And- peace and love and light all the time that is not okay i'm just gonna send that whole situation in charlottesville love and light can you freaking imagine like what what
1: (laughs) no it's insane like the people who comment like look to the sky like hold peace i'm like look to the sky (laughs) like it's like I mean, it's just mind blowing and it sucks, but it makes so much sense because look at what people think this practice is. is, So then I open my mouth and, and from a place that is not feeding privilege or feeding elitism or feeding like this happy yoga bubble and people lose their minds, Mm -hmm. which is so funny to me because the whole point of this practice for me, at least has been fostering this awareness in myself so that I can do better in my life so that I can serve myself my relationships and also every other person better Mm -hmm. um you know being able to understand the experience of others i truly believe that you are unable to do that until you understand yourself so we have people who are you know mostly empty and disconnected from who they are. And it's all just this inflated falsity. It's this ego, right? And until you can diminish that, there's no space to care about the experience of others. There's right. no space to even begin to understand. And that's what is so frustrating to me is that that's what this practice is about. You come home to yourself so that you can then be secure enough to open your eyes to what is going on around you.
0: hmm yep. Listen, you said it all. <laughs> You literally said it all. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show because I knew like I love your Instagram stories when when you are chatting about everything, but specifically about topics like this. And I was like, I need to have Dana on the show because she is going to light it up and she is going to speak some truth because a lot of people think that. Yoga is this, you know, it's the ohm symbol, it's peace and love, it's love and light, in which it all is. But how are you cultivating self-awareness within your practice and on and off your mat? And with a woman like you, not only are you standing up for what you believe in, not only are you teaching what you believe in, but you're speaking up. And that's rare. People don't speak up. You know, they stick to one thing And I mean that's cool for some people But if you have a voice Use it
1: Yes thank you And that's the other thing that I mean is so I'm so hype you have no idea (laughs) no I can tell and
0: I love it
1: it's so frustrating to me just about social media in general and just in terms of like understanding your privilege like I understand so strongly that because I am a white woman that people listen to me and value what I say more than a whole lot of other people and that I only have this one degree of marginalization and that is my body but aside from that I do fit this ideal and people listen to me and that's why it's there's so many people on social media who fit that. And I'm like, why aren't you speaking? You know, you've got hundreds of thousands of people following you. Yeah, are you gonna lose some people? Are you gonna have some white people get real mad when you like blow up their bubble? Yeah, but like, what are you doing? Right. You know what I mean? And especially if you attribute, you know, your life and your career to to yoga, what are you doing? Right. You know, it and only just, makes what are sense you feeding? To speak up, right? What are you feeding? Like, are you feeding yoga as a as a a practice that is meant to be healing and meant to change the world or are you literally just feeding capitalism <laughs> because
0: that's the real there's question sort
1: of two sides yes. to it and that's what it is
0: that is the real question okay so moving on real quick sexuality and being in the yoga space and being in the body that you're in okay so i dm'd you the other day because i was trying to watch your your instagram live and i just couldn't because the comments from men were off the chain and as a woman who has done so much work on herself talking about you how do you not slip back into dark places when people are not only hyper sexualizing your body without your permission and saying just the most off the wall stuff ever. And I ask that because there are a lot of people who don't know how to separate the two. You know, the voices are loud either way. And seeing some of the stuff that I saw on on your Instagram live, I was just like, yo, I don't know how she does this. How do you maneuver through that and still hold this sense of Wanting to be to be vulnerable in the future, not hiding your body aside from the black button, because we know the black game can be really strong at times. But and and also just being able to be like, I'm here for a higher purpose. And what people have to say, i.e. these some of these disgusting men have to say about my body isn't going to silence my story.
1: Honestly, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I have my days. I definitely have my days where I'm already feeling low for whatever reason it is and something just sets me off and I'm like, I can't be on the internet today. I have those days. But for the most part, it it motivates me. I mean, as much as it is disgusting, it it truly does motivate me because it has been... I mean, it's just this amplified version of what I have experienced my whole life. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not new to me. It's not new to me for people to send me, like, pig emojis or for Mm -hmm. men to harass me. I mean, this is like... You know, that's been my whole experience. It's literally just amplified because it's on the internet and there are all these people. Right. But for me, it just serves as a motivator to keep doing what I'm doing because that's why I'm doing it. That's such a huge part Part of of why I'm doing what I do is to shift – the way that society interacts with people, specifically people in large bodies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my whole life I've been, I was so confused growing up because I was experiencing shame for being fat, but also being sexualized and fetishized Mm. in my body for being fat, Mm -hmm. which is so confusing. I mean, I can't tell you how many men, right? Like, oh, I've always wanted to sleep with a BBW and you're hot. Like just immediately fetishizing my body for the way that it looks. And then as though I should feel validated by the fact that they want to sleep with me and then the other side of it of course is men and women um mocking me and making fun of me for my body but it's nothing new and and you know everything every shameful or hateful I mean harassment is different but every shameful or hateful comment I've ever gotten I have said I have said worse to myself and Mm. I have experienced worse for myself and I'm so through that Uh, And on the other side of that, to the point where those things now just feed my purpose and Mm. knowing that people like that still exist. And I I sure do know that they still exist. Just further motivates me to be even louder than I was before.
0: Yep. Yes. All of that. Listeners out there, please take out your journals and your pens and please (laughs) write down some of these gems in here because this is, these are the types of conversations that we need to be having. Oh my gosh, Dana, everything. So we are going to wrap up. But before we do, I want to get five self-care tips that you um, practice yourself or that you can offer people who are listening. Just feel free to just... Fire them off in whichever order.
1: You know what? I would really love to say about self care. It's not really a list, but it's funny because I was just talking about this earlier. Yeah. You know, keep in mind, and I think that this is even more important than the list. Keep in mind that self care doesn't have to cost you anything. Oh my gosh. We we live in this time where it's like get a massage, go to a spa. Like self care is trendy, and it's like go to a spa day, get a pedicure. Literally, self care is usually the the free thing that's right in front of your face that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Get on your yoga mat, clean your damn house, do your dishes. (laughs) I'm not even like literally do your damn dishes. And that is self care because you will feel better after you clean your space. Like it's just so uh, do your laundry. You know what I mean? And it's like, those feel like chores. But honestly, tell me you don't feel better after you've cleared your space out. Tell me you don't feel better after you've done the things that are hanging over your head that really are these versions of self-care that we want to ignore to go get a massage instead and call that self-care. No, do the things that you literally need to do to take care of yourself at the most basic level. That is self-care.
0: Yes, there we go. Better than the list. I say that all the time. It doesn't need to cost you anything. And one of our guests, her name is Ro, she was on episode six of season one, and she said it best. She said, self-care is freedom. And those things that you just rattled off, Dana, that is like the equivalent to being free. It's freedom, whether it's financial freedom, whether it's cleaning your home, whether it's getting on that yoga mat, you know, whatever the case may be, it doesn't have to cost you a dollar. So there you go, guys. Self-care is freedom. Self-care is doing those things that are looming over your head that you don't want to do. I love that. I love, love that. Yay. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we had you on here. I am fired Yay, up too. Thanks for talking with me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess we'll, we'll chat soon. And before we before we go, go, please let people know where they can find you online and anything you have coming up, i.e. workshops, which I know you do, please feel free to share
1: yeah totally my so my workshop schedule and my retreat schedule is on my website com. i've got denver new york city i've got london coming up mexico lots of cool things and then other places you can follow me and sort of read my writing more nola trees on instagram and nola trees yoga on facebook
0: wonderful thanks dana we'll talk to you soon
1: awesome thank you
0: Hey Girl is a member of the District Productive Network. Produced by Jamie Benson and me, Alex L. Music provided by DC's own Kokai.